This is the Cliff Yates Show. Personal growth, motivation, inspiration, and philosophies for a great life. Hey everybody, welcome to the Cliff Yates Show. You are in the right place, as always, because you're a high achiever. I know that. That's why I'm glad you're here. And I know who I'm talking to. Listen, thank you for all the positive response for the last episode uh, where I read from the book, Deputy, uh, my memoir, where I recount my uh, years in law enforcement, five years in upstate New York for the Livingston County Sheriff's Department out of Geneseo, New York, 20 deputies, and then out to L.A. to the largest sheriff's department in the world, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, over 10,000 deputies. And so... What a difference. Uh, and that's my perspective that I write about in the book, things that happened to me along the way from New York to L.A., from car deer accidents in upstate New York to mm, South Central Los Angeles and gang shootings, gang wars and drug arrests, high-speed chases, and all those exciting things that you see on uh, TV shows, they actually do happen and so, I'm following up this episode. We're going back to the book Deputy, and you can get that book, paperback, ebook, and of course, audiobook, Amazon. And the link is in the description of the YouTube channel. It's also in the show notes on the podcast platforms, everybody. Hey, one of my most exciting people wanted more stories from the book. So, I'm going back to the book today. We're going to do a chapter on the West Hollywood Station. One of the most exciting times that I had on the department was working for uh, and at the West Hollywood Sheriff's Station. As I talk about in the book, there are a, a lot of cities, especially in small cities in Los Angeles County, and they decide not to have their own police department, and they contract with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department to be their police department. So they come up with a contract to have crime cars, maybe bike patrol, motorcycles, traffic enforcement, uh, maybe canine, and so, you know, depending on what is required for the contract as a, at a minimum and what they want to add to that, and depending on their specific needs of the city, uh, that can be a big, big contract. And I think the for a long time, the West Hollywood Sheriff's contract, which is a city of two square miles, was over $10 million. So, small area, big contract, and you know what? There was a lot of services needed because even though you think of LAPD, when you think of Hollywood, Hollywood Division, LAPD, the main entertainment district, the Sunset Strip, is all within the L.A. County Sheriff's patrol area. So the Sunset Strip is patrolled by the West Hollywood Sheriff's Station. And it was just fun and exciting every day in every way. You wanted to be there. And so I'm going to read uh, from that chapter. As I said in the last episode, some errors in the book, and now it's discounted, so you can get it right now at a discounted price. And I didn't have the original manuscript, so I had to rewrite the book. And when I do that, I'm reliving all those memories. And definitely West Hollywood was one of my favorite chapters in the book. And I got there a few years, a few years as I uh, got into my per patrol career. As a matter of fact, three, four, five, six, seven, about 10 years into my patrol uh career. I ended up at West Hollywood. And kind of a funny story how I got there. I was working out of the Temple Sheriff Station and my wife and I were up at the Universal City Walk uh, where Universal Studios is and they have a city walk with restaurants and it's part of the entertainment uh, 
section up there. And so we ran into deputy sheriffs walking around, and we ran into my now good friend Rick Martinez, who was the classmate of my wife, and uh, he showed us around. And I was kind of amazed. I didn't know that we had a sheriff substation there at the, at the city walk. I said, wait a minute. This is your beat. You walk around here. You go to these restaurants to eat. Uh, you're, you know, high-fiving with the people, the tourists, getting your picture taken. And it seems like a pretty good gig. And uh, I said, how do you get here? I was looking for a new station. And I was, you know, at that time, I was really into my comedy career. So this would have been a great choice for me. And he said, you know, well, first thing you got to do is you got to go. You got to transfer to West Hollywood. Now, once you get to the city, then you can transfer to the substation. I said, that's what I'm going to do. That was my goal. I wrote it down and I put in my transfer to go to West Hollywood and it came to be. So let me see if I recount that exactly in my in my book under that chapter. So West Hollywood Station. Out of the book, Deputy. It was near the end of 1997 when I transferred into West Hollywood Station. This was an exciting place to work. West Hollywood was a contract city. Instead of having their own police force, they contracted with the Sheriff's Department. This was a $10 million contract. West Hollywood was home to stars, hookers, the Sunset Strip, and the Russian mob. There was actually, there was a area that the Russian mob was, if not controlling, had had a big, they, they had a big uh, footprint, footprint there in West Hollywood. The Russian mob. The station was also responsible for patrol duties at Universal Studios and the City Walk, which were on county property. Actually, part of the City Walk is in the city of L.A., so many times we had turf arguments as to who was responsible for certain crimes and reports. So this would happen at the City Walk. Most half of the City Walk, where uh, the front of the studios is, where people go in, is actually LAPD's. But if something happened there, we would we would answer the call because we were right there. Instead of having people wait, you know, two hours for LAPD to come up there, we would just handle the call because it was in L.A. County. But And then they'd, sometimes they would send up, you know, people do, uh, you know, vice stuff with ticket scalpers, and they would work the front of the uh, studios. But most of the time, they didn't want anything to do with what was happening up there. Now... If somebody, as what happened one night, somebody was kidnapped in the front parking lot, which is totally in the city of L.A., and kidnapped and taken somewhere else and held for ransom, then all of a sudden now we were had our cars out there with maps and trying to decide, wait, this is not ours, this is yours. And so I remember the day that that argument occurred, and it was LAPD's. And even they were not sure, but we were sure because we knew where the line was. I had to keep in mind that my main goal was to get to the Universal substation because I was having a ball at the city. Remember, when I was patrolling the lonely roads of Livingston County, New York, it was an ad in the Police Product News magazine, Ride the Strip, We Pay the Gas. I talked about that in the last episode. Ride the Strip, We Pay the Gas. With a sheriff's car driving down the strip that prompted me to apply to the sheriff's department. Now here I was driving a sheriff's car down the Sunset Strip, right? Dreams come true. Dream fulfilled, I wrote here. LAPD, Hollywood Division, has the shitty part of Hollywood, and we had the strip. We had the exciting, the glitzy part of Hollywood. 
Driving down the strip was like driving in a movie. I was driving and talking to myself, and there was the comedy store on one side. There was the Roxbury. There was the Whiskey A Go-Go, the Viper Room, the Roxy, and then the strip ends, and you head into Beverly Hills. You know, the strip ends traveling west because you see that Welcome to Beverly Hills sign. The same one you see in the TV show, The Beverly Hillbillies. I just loved seeing all these, these landmarks that I had seen for so many years as a kid in TV shows. I'm driving through Beverly Hills, checking out all the spots. I saw in the movie Beverly Hills Cop, right, the front of all these stores and Rodeo Drive. And here I was, man. I'm driving on Rodeo Drive. I was on the job getting paid, taking myself on my own celebrity tour. There was always a nice surprise as I drove around the city discovering new landmarks. Right near the station was the Troubadour, where Lenny Bruce was arrested in the 1960s by the sheriff, and the city loved the sheriff's department. You could pull up in an alley behind a fancy restaurant. The staff would come out, drop a white tablecloth across your hood, and lay all the place settings out and serve you lobster on the hood. Seems like somebody always paid for your meal before you could. This wasn't all the time or everywhere, but if you develop the right relationships, life at West Hollywood was amazing. The city demographics were predominantly gay in one area of the city. There was a line of gay nightclubs on Santa Monica Boulevard. The hookers on Santa Monica Boulevard were male and don't come out until a certain hour. Some of the hookers on Santa Monica Boulevard were transgender or he, she's driving down the street late at night. If you didn't know the area, you wouldn't know these hookers were male until you got close. The female hookers, they worked on Sunset Boulevard, up on the Strip. It was really, I was really enjoying my time at the city. And then one day I was called into the scheduling deputy's office. He started apologizing to me, saying there was nothing he could do to, because I was the last person to transfer in. And the last one in is the first one out that we have to send up to work the City Walk substation. He said, listen. Don't worry, I will get you back here as soon as I can. Little did he know, and I didn't tell him. That's why I came to the station in the first place. That's where I wanted to go. So I, I did a pretty good job of hiding my excitement. I told him that, I listen, I am here to serve the station. Wherever you need me to go, I will go. And uh, I'm here to help. He was so thankful. He told me that he would never forget that I went without complaint. I rode that goodwill for about five years. If I needed a day off or vacation time, he always approved it. So off to Universal, I went for the next five years. Five years at the Universal substation. I mean, it was just a pleasure to work. I can't tell you, uh, just being around all, you know, here, because at this time I'm doing stand-up comedy. So, you know, everything is happening in entertainment and movies, and uh, we have the uh, Universal Amphitheater where all the concerts are taking place and happening. And so I'm right among, in the midst, and uh, uh, the, the hub of entertainment in all of Los Angeles and actually the country right here at Universal. Let me read a paragraph from this, from the Universal chapter. Universal was a different world. It was about five or six miles from the home station, West Hollywood. We had a station right at the city walk on the second floor that we shared with the uniformed security officers. Universal is a big property. We had patrol responsibilities for the back lot. And if you've ever been to Universal in Hollywood, you can go on the back lot tour, right, which takes you around to where they shot Jaws and all these things. 
Uh, so you have a back lot where all the sound stages were and where they gave the studio tour. Also for the theme park and the Universal Amphitheater. We also covered the city walk and the surrounding parking structures. Our patrol shifts started at 6 a.m. and ended around 2 or 3 in the morning, depending on the activity. So for about 2 to 3 hours, police calls would have to be handled by the West Hollywood city cars, usually between around 2 a.m. until 6 a.m. There is a bank that faces the street on Lancashire Boulevard, but it's actually a universal property, so we also had that. One morning, many years ago before I got there, the bank had been robbed at gunpoint. It was early in the morning, sometime around 7 a.m. The bank was not open yet. Employees were inside and tied up. A lot of money was taken. After the robbery, the department promised Universal to always have deputies on duty at 6 a.m. So day shift at Universal was a good gig because you started at 6 a.m. and really nothing was going on. And the theme park didn't open until 10 a.m. usually. And so at that point, you only got a few hours left in your shift. So when, when, when activity starts to ramp up, you know, you're getting ready to be done. I write in the book, by the time anything was really happening, your shift was half over. I'd like to say it was all fun and games, and it was, but there were some nights all went bad. Yeah, during the day and up until about 9 at night, the clientele were mostly families walking around and leaving the theme park. But after 9 p.m. on the weekends, there was a heavy gang presence. So gang members from all over Los Angeles would come up and walk around the city walk. But there was some type of understanding between the gangs that Universal was neutral territory. So either because of choice or necessity based on the heavy police presence of us, it was a neutral territory. But every so often... Someone would throw a gang sign or give a wrong look to the wrong person, and the fight or the shooting would be on. Shootings were pretty rare, few between. On rare occasions, the shooting would be on, but like I was saying, they, these incidents were not very often. Our police presence was very heavy, and we took swift and quick action. It was law and order up there, and that's how the Universal wanted it. They wanted it safe for family and kids to be able to come there and enjoy the entertainment experience without the threat of being a crime victim. Part of our job was to be seen, to give patrons a feeling of security with our presence and put the crooks on notice. They saw us all over the place. This was no place for them to be capering. So they knew this is not the place to be conducting any crime business. For the most part, things went smoothly. If they went too smoothly for too long, the Universal executives would be walking around, seeing us standing around, having coffee and laughing. In their minds, they are thinking, we are, are we paying these guys for this? I mean, do we need armed, uniformed deputy sheriffs around here? And then someone would get beat up, shot or robbed, and that was the reminder. We need the police close by. And we were not under a contract there. This was a county area. So the Board of Supervisors and the sheriff, they made it a an agreement with Universal that we would have a police presence there. And so, although it was a county area, it would be supplied by the West Hollywood Sheriff's Station. So we had a heavy police presence to make it a safe, safe thing. And of course, it was kind of a political thing. You got to remember now that, you know, the Universal owners and executives would uh, be heavy contributors to the sheriff's campaign. And so vice versa, they would kind of guarantee that the place would be safe for people to come up and spend their money at Universal. And so it was, and it was just a great place to work. 
I was having uh, I was having so much fun at the station that my wife, who had been working at the uh, courthouse in Glendale, she transferred to West Hollywood. If anybody's having this much fun at one of our stations on the job, you don't even want your days off. She says, I got to be there. So she transferred to West Hollywood. I stayed at Universal, but she worked the uh, Sunset Strip in the city. And she became pretty good friends with the manager of the Argyle. And the Argyle manager took Alba and me around at the hotel and gave us some of the history. And what a great history this old hotel has. It's a pretty amazing tour. He took us on the top where the penthouse suite was, which had a balcony that went all the way around the top of the hotel. The manager told us that John Wayne used to stay there, and he always had a cow on the balcony because he needed fresh milk daily. He took us into another room and showed us a burn mark in the rug. He said this was from a cigar Oliver Stone dropped when he fell asleep smoking. Not sure if these stories were all true, but fascinating nonetheless. And uh, one of the things that uh, would happen on Monday nights for a while there, Jeffrey Goldblum would play piano in the, in the uh, well, it's, it's in the main room of the main area of the Argyle Hotel. So on Monday nights, we would go in here, Jeff Goldblum play piano. He's a concert pianist, as you may know from uh, what he's told on television. But uh, he, he was an amazing, and you could meet him and talk to him. He was just a regular kind of guy, but he loved playing piano, and he was awesome. So we would have all these, uh, these these weird meetings up there that, as I look back, it's so crazy, right? So my wonderful lieutenant, right at the time, he had arranged for Alvin and me to attend a movie premiere. I can't remember. I kinda, I knew it was one of the, uh, with Michael. Oh, God, I can't remember now. But uh, it was one of the movie premieres. And after the movie, Alvin and I were sitting at a table having our meal and cocktail just Alva and me, and it was another guy sitting with us at this big table of 10. So it was Alva, me, and this guy sitting right next to me. And then a lady came, and she sat down next to the guy. They were really nice. She introduced us to the guy. She goes, this is my husband. He's a country singer, Brad Paisley. Brad Paisley, unknown at the time, in the 90s, sitting next to me and Alva. Just the nicest guy. She was, it was weird she introduced us. He's a singer. We were sitting with country superstar Brad Paisley before he was even known. Crazy, right? Sometimes you meet people before they really make it and you see how nice and humble they really are. And then they make it big and you're happy for those people because you know they're coming from a good place. Oh yeah, we had the premiere party for American Pie 2. Do you remember that movie? American Pie 2 was at the Hard Rock Cafe and the City Walk was the after party. The lieutenant, myself, and a group of deputies were assigned to the detail. We had some problems with aggressive paparazzi. I mean, wow, they can really get out of hand. When they're trying to get a picture, and there's some, you know, they get thousands of dollars for some of these pictures if they get the right one. So they, they will be very, very aggressive in trying to get, I mean, they, they will only stop under threat of arrest and sometimes not even with that. So they can really get out of hand when trying to get a picture of celebrities. These pictures are big business, and when a celebrity is not cooperative in giving them a shot, at a great picture, they can get very nasty. Everything went pretty smoothly this night, and we had no major incidents during the party. It was pretty much breaking up when the lieutenant told me he was leaving and that I could release the deputies on the detail whenever I thought it looked good. A short time later, when it looked like almost everyone had left the hard rock, I released the deputies. So I think I was there by myself and security, and that was it. I was myself and one other deputy. 
So myself and one other deputy were left on the city walk. We got a call of a disturbance from the studio from studio security. I remember at that time we were already we were done, we were up in the office. The uh, after party was over. Everybody had pretty much gone to uh, valet, got their limos, got their cars, and they were they were off. And it was just stragglers leaving. So we got a call of a disturbance from the studio security. There was a disturbance by the valet stand near the Hard Rock. I headed in that direction, and the only deputy from the detail left at the city walk. So me and him, and there was a ton of security officers around. Those normally assigned to the city walk and those who were working the premier party provided by the studio. When I got to the valet area, several overly aggressive paparazzi were trying to push their way towards celebrities who were waiting for their cars at the valet stand. They had no respect for the space that the security officers were trying to keep between them and the securities and the celebrities. I arrived in time to see one cameraman push a security officer out of his way as he took a picture. After taking his picture, he grabbed another security officer by the shirt who was trying to move him back behind some ropes designated to keep the crowd back from the valet area. Because of the crowd, I could not get to the camera guy who had already committed battery on two security officers. When I saw him draw an arm back to hit a security officer, I deployed a stream of pepper spray perfectly over the shoulder of actor Bill Paxton to the eyes of our cameraman. I just missed Bill Paxton. I mean, by about this much, uh, right by the head, which would have been disastrous if I had pepper sprayed Bill Paxton. That definitely would have been national news, and I probably would have been transferred and or fired uh, for that. So Bill Paxton, that definitely would have ended up as a national news incident. My camera guy was affected immediately by the pepper spray and went down to the ground, rubbing his eyes with his free hand. I quickly got to him and arrested him for battery without further incident. When I got him back to the substation, I found out that he was a freelance cameraman and not affiliated with any major publication. I called my lieutenant on the phone and he started yelling, this could be a major national story by tomorrow morning. I'm on the way down there. He came down but quickly realized uh, himself that the guy that we arrested was a goofball with no national ties with any major publications. He was an independent guy who got pictures of celebrities and entertainment events and sold them to the news or major entertainment publications. Sometimes we would hold our breath in these kinds of deals, right? So, ah, God, Bill Paxton went on. He passed away a few years ago. I had another sad story from the City Walk because I used to always, when they would have the Country Music Awards up there at the amphitheater, and I would always love to work uh, the day or night before when they did the rehearsals, and I would basically be able to stand there, sit, and just watch the whole rehearsal because all the stars would be there, and they would be rehearsing how the show was going to go. So these two guys kept coming. They were walking behind the City Walk, heading down to the Universal Amphitheater, and then one guy would have the long black trench coat with a black hat. And it was the group, those two guys, Montgomery Gentry. And uh, they were the nicest guys. And they were just so humble and polite. Can you tell us how to get to the amphitheater? Tell you. I said, I'm going to walk you right down there myself. So uh, we walked down. I walked him down to the amphitheater, got him in there. And later, after the rehearsal, or was it after the CMAs, uh, my 
my uh, senior deputy that worked there, he was working private security at the Hilton for an after party where Montgomery Gentry was singing. And so we went down there and we got in, Alba and I, and we got to be there for that party. It was so kind of an intimate affair with Montgomery Gentry, having a couple of beers and singing to a group of about uh, 200 of us. Pretty amazing. Great thing. And then uh, just a couple of short years ago, uh, Montgomery Gentry was, uh, they were in Tennessee going to do a, th- going to do a concert and part of their deal with the concert venue was that they got a helicopter ride and, uh, Montgomery said, I'm not going to go on the helicopter ride and Gentry said, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to take him up on it. And the helicopter crashed and, uh, Gentry died in that crash. And so Montgomery is still, he's out there, uh, he's still carrying on and supposedly they made a pact that they would go on, continue singing. And so these are just a couple of the stories, and there's uh, many more stories in the book, specifically West Hollywood and Universal, and uh, just great experiences that I'll never forget, and I wrote them down in the book so that you can also enjoy them. So listen, click the description in the YouTube channel description, click that link, get your book, ebook, paperback, or the audiobook, and if you're listening on a podcast platform, you can get it in the show notes, everybody. So that's another chapter. West Hollywood Universal Station in the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Some exciting times that I remember working, working there uh, just, just to be behind, just to get under the yellow tape in the entertainment industry and see what goes on behind the scenes. Pretty exciting stuff, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I'm glad I'm able to share that with you. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel on YouTube and or subscribe to the show on one of the podcast platforms. As you know, we're everywhere Amazon Music, iTunes, Apple, and uh, Spotify. So, listen, I'm glad you're here. We got an audience that is really growing around the world. So, and happy. So, I'll see and or you will hear me in the next episode.